It's Thursday, November the 12th, 2020. I'm Mike Ryan, and this is Asia Pacific Today. How would you describe the US elections? What about three letters? O-M-G. So what are the major concerns amongst business people of the Biden administration? Economic policy, trade and foreign policy. Blake Christian from Holthouse, Carlin and Van Trite joins us to discuss this and other oh my God moments of the past week and a bit. Kirk Clyde also joins us with his views of the state of play of that great game called World Championship Presidential Wrestling. Hong Kong's pro-democracy opposition lawmakers will resign in protest against the dismissal of four of their colleagues from the city assembly. That's after Beijing gave local authorities new powers to further curb dissent. Lauren Anthony reports. The pro-democracy lawmakers in Hong Kong's legislature have decided to resign en masse in protest of the expulsion of four of their own, who were accused by the city government of endangering national security. It's the latest in the tense ongoing dispute over the autonomy of China's freest city. The opposition lawmakers had threatened earlier this week that they would resign from the 70-seat council if any members were disqualified. And then on Wednesday, it happened. Politicians Alvin Yong, Kwok Ka-ki, Kenneth Lung and Dennis Kwok were expelled, but the city government did not elaborate on the accusation of endangering security. China's parliament recently adopted a resolution allowing the city's executive to expel legislators deemed to be supporting Hong Kong independence, colluding with foreign forces or threatening national security, without having to go through the courts. The city's legislative council is controlled by the pro-Beijing camp, Analysts say the opposition's resignation would turn it into a rubber stamp. China denies encroaching on Hong Kong's freedoms, but authorities in Hong Kong and Beijing have moved swiftly to stifle dissent after anti-government protests flared last year. China's Alibaba raked in $74 billion in sales. That's US dollars. $74 billion in sales for its closely watched Singles Day shopping extravaganza, which has become the world's biggest sales event, topping even Black Friday and Cyber Monday in the US. More from Conway G. Gittens. $74 billion. That's how much money China's Alibaba racked up in sales as it concluded its Singles Day shopping extravaganza on Wednesday. Spread across four main selling days this year, sellers on Alibaba's platforms saw 21 times as many orders by value as Amazon's two-day global prime day last month. Singles Day is the world's biggest sales event, even eclipsing Black Friday and Cyber Monday in the U.S. Shoppers across Alibaba's platforms were able to score additional discounts by playing mobile games for deals, combine purchases across shops, and place orders in the sales early hours to get the best offers. Economists watch Singles Day with a keen eye to gauge the health of the Chinese economy, which has snapped back sharply after the health crisis dampened economic activity earlier this year. Singles Day was launched in 2009 and is usually a glitzy one-day event with live performances by celebrities. 
Wednesday's big haul might take some of the heat off Alibaba as far as investors are concerned. The stock plunged 10% on Wednesday during the Asian trading day after China published draft antitrust rules cracking down on internet platforms. But shares traded in the U.S. only fell fractionally. Well, he's recovered from the exciting week, which continues most likely for another two or three weeks, maybe another month. Who knows? Uh, Blake Christian from Holthouse, Carlin and Van Trite. Uh, Blake, welcome. Good to see you. And good to see that you survived the epic week. What an exciting week it has been. Yeah, it uh, reminds me of uh, 2000, uh, Gore v. Bush. Yep. Who knows? Fingers crossed. But we can't go there because we have to be um, non-partisan. How's that? Right. <laughs> now, does the uncertainty of the outcome of the presidential election, because really, even though Joe's claiming it, it's still a toss of the coin at the moment, because if the uh, legal process takes its course and it goes Trump's way, then uh, Joe won't be uh, the president. So will this affect the business confidence uh, or is it mostly factored in? You know, it's it's interesting that, you know, the stock market rallied um, the last couple of, uh, of trading days. Um, you know, today it rallied up because because of, uh, you know, a potential COVID vaccination. Uh, Friday seemed to be that, um, you know, the, the, the press was calling it for um, for Biden. Um, but, you know, I, I to, to be perfectly honest, I actually called my broker on Friday and, and my 401k that I self manage. And I I went really out of stocks because I do think this is going to be a very protracted process. It was 37 days in 2000 when uh, when Gore and um, and Bush were battling it out. And, um, you know, and Donald Trump, um, you know, isn't going to go down without swinging. So, no, I, I think you're probably right on the uh, the ball there. It's um, I think the Donald uh, will fight to the end, but that's his nature, and it's such an important election, and it's nothing unusual to uh, go to go to the courts to uh, get them to adjudicate on law. Uh, what are the major concerns amongst business people of the Biden administration? Is it um, economic? Um, or the economic policy, trade, and foreign policy. Where do you see them putting their priorities? Yeah, it's it's all those. So you know, the, the business community first and foremost is concerned about tax hikes, and um, and you know that's that's all out there in his political platform, where he would uh, you know basically roll back uh, all of the tax reductions that um, that Trump put in at the end of twenty. 17 effective for 2018 and um and so that's you know that's a bit unnerving and then uh you know for, foreign policy is probably the second biggest concern that you know he he may unravel some of the the mid-east uh peace pro, uh, progress that we've made or the trump administration has made uh there's you know a lot of talk about him you know lightening up on Iran, and if he does that, then kind of the whole Middle East starts, um, you know, looking a little, lot less um, stable. So, 
those are the, the those are probably the two big ones. And then it's just you know it's kind of the the whole tax and spend worry uh, of an administration like his. And it's and I don't think we've seen an administration um, like could potentially you know evolve out of out of this campaign. It's not going to be uh, him calling the uh, the shots either. You've got so many f- um, different groups behind him besides uh, Kamala, or as Kamala says, sometimes it's Kamala with a southern twang. Um, and, it, and it does that to you when I suppose you tour the country um, sprouting your policies. Your, your accent's going to change, and now she's developed this southern accent. So um, anyway, right. maybe maybe Kentucky had an effect on it. But you've got all these... Hillary trained her on that, I think. I think she did, but we can't go there because, well, we're, we're talking just things down the middle, taxation, okay? <laughs> That's what we have to do, talk taxation. If Joe Biden does, though, uh, before I get into that, all the other factions behind uh, Joe, um, you've got the AOC, you've got the... the uh, you've got... Uh, Basically, all the minorities behind him. You've got the, all the do-gooders behind him. Um, you've got those that want to change the the face of America. At the end of the day, who's going to be pulling the strings the most? You know, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna try um, and, and be a little more down the middle. I think uh, I, I do I do think he he has a desire to. Um, you know, to, to kind of heal some of the the divide between the parties. Um, so I, I'm I'm, but you know the the, the far left, the AOCs, the the Bernies uh, of the world are go or, or of his party. Um, they they've got a pretty strong coalition behind them, and so I think if he does not, if he tries to ignore them completely, I think um, you know I think the the voters are going to be screaming at him. So I think he's going to start off kind of down the middle, be somewhat moderate. But as the four years progresses, I think we're going to see his administration move further and further left. And less reliance on um, your own energy sources, because unless you believe in wind energy, and it's um, unless you've got a breeze coming along, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. And it, at, at the end of the day, it's more expensive than what you have at the moment. So I, I see the, the problem being not, not Joe Biden. I don't see Joe Biden being there for, you know, for more than six months at, at, at tops. I see Kamala uh, running the country and uh, she uses California as part of her platform of success. And if we look at California probably California, beach, sunshine, bit of fog around Santa Monica and success. There's something that doesn't go hand in hand. Maybe it's the word success. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're, you're dead on that. Uh, it'll, it'll be a whole different ball game. Uh, if she, if she takes that seat, um, I, you know, I, I, I think he'll be in there a little longer mm-hmm. than six months, but I, I don't, I don't give him. I, I think he'll be gone by year end for mm. one reason or another. Uh, year, year end twenty twenty one. There's also the uh, continuing investigation into Hunter Biden, and um, who knows where that will go. Uh, of course, Joe doesn't know any of Hunter's uh, business associates and all those scurrilous uh, emails that are floating around. You know, saying that he does. I think that's just despicable. And the photo of Joe 
with his business associates again is despicable. How dare they have evidence such as that? Anyway, I can't help it. I'm really grumpy at the moment about the uh, what's happening to uh, to America. Okay, just say Joe rolls back some of the uh, the tax cuts that Trump implemented. How long do you think this will take? And do you think this might be blocked or can be blocked? Right. E- excellent point. Um, you know, really, what's what's up in the air is is how the Senate makeup is going to settle in. And um, I think we're still at four unresolved um, seats. But if uh, if the Democrats gain a couple more, uh, then it's going to be effectively a tie. Then tie goes to the uh, the administration since uh, the vice president gets to vote Kamala and uh, and break all ties. Mm. And so, um, you know, that that could be pretty devastating if if we don't if, if the Dems don't f- uh, flip the Senate, then uh, it's going to be pretty much a stalemate. We're not going to see packing of the court. We're not going to see uh, a, a lot of tax legislation. Certainly not a rollback of uh, all the good that uh, Trump has done tax wise. Mm. I like the um, with, with Donald Trump. I mean. Many things that we don't like about him. I wish they would, yeah, just wish Twitter would just ban him for good because uh, that did him a lot of damage. But um, what he did do was he brought in so many things, he, he made things happen. Um, and I really hadn't thought a lot about the difference between the political class or the elite um, or the other side of the coin being just a business person addressing the U.S. as a business and making sure that all its shareholders, being its citizens, get the best out of that particular company. So he did things. And I see the, um, you know, with the political class, whether they're Republican or uh, Democrats, uh, and no matter what country, whether you're in Australia or England, the political class like to take their time and nothing, nothing happens. Um, this may change a bit with um, you know, with um, the left being so powerful behind Joe, but really I see the difference between what's happened over the last four years. Take away all the all the garbage that came, you know, about the impeachment and the Russians under the desk and stuff. That's all rubbish. But the amount of things he did, he actually achieved it as you would with a company. Um, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the slow and steady? Uh, the the posturing, the uh, your own PR, telling everybody how great you are because you've told them how great you are, or do you like the? Okay, you're going to upset a few people. You're going to uh, stand on a few toes, but you're going to achieve the very best for your company. That being the U.S. Yeah, I, I'm all about results, and um, you know the process, political process, is is painfully slow. Uh, and he, you know, he he did. Virtually, you know, 90% of what he promised on the campaign trail, Trump did. Uh, my only my only complaint with uh, with Trump, and and I don't hold him solely responsible for it, but we, you know, he we've had a you know fairly significant increase in the deficit uh, or the debt, you know, the the debt load. Uh, for the government, I, you know, that's that's one thing I'm not happy about. But I mean, just his effectiveness, 
is is incredible. And I, I may have said this, you know, in in you know another session, but um, you know, I always draw the analogy to uh, Steve Jobs and Apple. You know, I mean, Steve Jobs was was not the nicest guy in the world. I mean, people, you know, were not crazy about working for him. He got, you know, he got fired from Apple. For he, he went away for many, many years and then came back. They begged him to come back. But he, and he got that job back and he was there to begin with because he's effective, you know. He's a visionary. He um, got things done and he made the shareholders a lot of money. And I think you can draw a lot of analogies uh, to Trump that, you know, not a nice guy at times. You don't want to be on the wrong side of him. Um, you know, he yeah, maybe take away Twitter, but uh, he needed Twitter <laughs> to get get his word out, too. Mm. But, I mean, he he was effective. He was effective and he and he could be effective again. You know, we may I think it's less than a 20 percent chance, but I have not ruled out um you know, a, a different outcome on the election. There's there's a lot of stones to turn over here still. And that's actually good news for the media because uh, if Trump doesn't get in, they're going to have to go back to reporting news, uh, which pr- probably isn't what they want to do. Now, if Donald does get back in, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we'll have every newspaper, uh, the what do they call it? The uh, New York Toilet Paper Times, uh, yeah, all these other papers, they're going to be, they're going to dedicate probably the whole newspaper to destroying Donald. Yeah, I, I would hate to be in the advertising business because um, I, I just, I mean, the news cycle is going to be really, really boring without Trump. But, uh, but I think that for the first six months, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll beat him up um, for the next six months. But then, then after that, you know, what, what are they going to have to report? It's not. I, I'm not going to be watching as much news. I'll tell you that. No, the uh, it's it's really interesting. If Donald gets his own TV network, which I don't think he will, I think that's a fairly silly thing. Although somebody said uh, the other day on one of the uh, cable channels that if he did have his uh, own news network and he had, let me think, 71 million or 72 million uh, supporters, and each one paid $200 each a year, that's not a bad start, is it? Yeah, I mean, he, I, he doesn't have to be on, you know, on, on a news channel. He, he he could just be a virtual, you know, news station. He could be the and, weather uh, girl. He could do the weather. And, and you know what? Fifty percent of the people that would sign up for that service would be his detractors because they would want to hear everything that he said so they could beat him up on it. A great business model. Seventy million yeah. Americans that love Donald. Uh, maybe thirty-five million that don't like him. I mean, that's a great business model. You don't have to do much else. And he could be the weather girl. He could read the news. It could be the Donald, you know, the Donald show by himself. I mean, he could just employ himself, pay him a, uh, a big, big pay packet, and uh, he could really uh, get the wooden spoon out and create some uh, some interest. Um, just um, as a, back to being sensible here, just the just the um, as for tax planning. For any sort of planning, but you know, mainly tax planning, how do you do that now? I mean, you can't. Is it just? Is this sort of like, like an Easter, like the Good Friday and Easter? Nothing really happens in the Catholic you know, church because, well, he's, he's just having a rest. You know, he's, you know, so is this sort of like that? You've got this hiatus that you can't 
Um, you're well, not going to, to uh, do much, or do you work out different scenarios? Uh, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, kind of what we're planning on, we're, the, ta- the tax rates are, are low by, by pretty much any standard. Mm-hmm. So there, there's certainly no harm in, you know, if you, if you have your choice of deferring income, and again, this is assuming, you know, Biden, Biden's going to win. Um, you know, if, if you have your choice of taking some income in calendar 2020 or pushing it out to 2021, I would accelerate it into 2020 because, you know, the, the tax rates certainly aren't going to get lower next year. Okay. Um, probably even under, under Trump. Uh, he, he, you know, he's talked about maybe lowering capital gains, uh, but, but not a whole lot of movement on the rates. Um, uh, conversely on deductions, you know, you, you know, you might, if you, if you have something that you could prepay this year or push out to next year, you know, you might, might mm. want to push it out, uh, because you, you would get a, a larger tax deduction under a, a Biden tax structure. Mm. Um, so those are kind of just, just, you know, fundamental, um, you know, kind of very high level of accelerate or defer, but um, you know, uh, we, we, we'll we'll know. Like you said, it, we're going to know. I'm sure by you know by the beginning of of, uh, of December, which way this this uh, is going to going to pan out. And but we may not know. And this is the real troubling part. We may not know what the Senate makeup is going to be till January because mm. those Georgia. Races aren't going to happen until um, January five, early January. Yeah, mm. the um, it's it's all very interesting. I think I think you know. But remember when um, Donald was saying that this vaccine's coming out, and Joe says we have this terrible winter, this miserable winter coming up, and dark, dark winter, dark. That's right, very dark. Anyway, the uh, happened to turn on the uh, the television this morning, and there was a story about. I think it's Pfizer and they've got this vaccine which everybody said he was talking rubbish and guess what he was talking absolute sense this vaccine even though it's only 90 percent but I see um, Governor Cuomo in uh, New York saying that he may not yet release it to the um, to uh, people of New York because he thinks that Donald will still be president this is if Joe gets in because Donald can't really organize a schedule to um, to administer the, um, the the vaccine, so he says we might have to wait until Joe gets in before we allow New Yorkers to actually have that vaccine. Which is, if you think about it, it's real lefty nuts, isn't it? Yeah, it's you know, I mean, now now we're talking life and death, mm. and you're going to sit there and say, let's let's wait, you know, thirty forty five days to to start the process. I don't I don't think so. I, I think you know you might want to start in his. Uh, in the New York uh, rest homes, you know, I think there's, you know, may still be some mm-hmm. problems there. Um, but um, I, I, I actually just before we went on the air, I, I saw a um, a blurb that um, that uh, I think Eli Lilly also just got some FDA approval um, on on one of their drugs. I don't know if it, you know, if it's exactly. What it does, but uh, there's there's definitely some really really good signs. So yeah, it wasn't uh, Trump blowing smoke. 
this time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was some real substance between uh, about what he was saying on the on the COVID front. But you mentioned um, a difference between life and death. Looking at some of the uh, results that are coming in from uh, with the election with the Democrats. They're not that concerned about life and death. I mean, if you're dead, it's an absentee vote. But it's your vote. We've got to count every vote. Uh, so right. it's, it's bizarre, to say the least. And it's something that um, it's making the world have a look at the US. And uh, we still can't work out why this convoluted maze of, of, of information that's just bouncing around, some right, some bad. And uh, normally you think with a federal election, most places around the world... Uh, you know the result probably by midnight and that you have one agency looking after it and that you don't have these counties because somebody once said it's not just a federal election, it's a, an election for several thousand different counties. So maybe the uh, first first thing they need to do, whether it's Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump, is to make sure this never, ever, ever happens again because it doesn't look good, does it? Right. And I, I hear actually they're sending... Uh, some some poll counters and and uh, and observers from uh, North Korea and um, and and uh, Putin's volunteering some people and and even Venezuela. So I think mm. I think we'll get this all sorted out. I think so, and I think the uh, the, the system that they have the uh, the the counting system uh, from Venezuela or used in Venezuela, it's worked work to a, a real treat, and it's uh, fabulous. And um, if any country, as you mentioned. Whether Putin, uh, Iran, uh, North Korea want to get hold of this, uh, probably just contact the White House for uh, references and um, and the right contact details. Blake, thank you very much. Uh, next week we'll have a much more reserved conversation, and um, and uh, talk to you then. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Blake. Well, it's that time of the week, which I'm sure he's happier than last week. Less nervous. Uh, the man I wasn't from on last week. We weren't on last week. I know, but you were happy though because you were you had seen the turnaround of oh, Joseph Biden. Biden, as she says, Kamala Harris from the South, and uh, it's um, looking very interesting. You must be happier because unless there's court action, Kirk Clyde, who do you think will end up holding holding on to that mantle from this great game called World Championship? That's World Championship. Uh, presidential wrestling. This I, I'm like living in purgatory. This is the good news. This is Sheldon Adelson's newspaper, mm. which he just kind of runs as a vanity project. Of course, Sheldon Adelson, the multi, 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 multi billionaire who runs Las Vegas Sands, which he might be selling. Then they'd have to change the name because they wouldn't have any properties in Las Vegas. They'll keep their Asian properties. But yeah, there it was. This was the Sunday paper. Biden 290, Trump 214. And what's remarkable is this doesn't include the electoral votes from Georgia. 16 votes there. And right now, any rational human being would say that Trump has no path forward, either here in Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, or Pennsylvania. But they're still playing the game. You know, they're still soliciting donations. Mike, I have never, and I can't get them to stop. I've tried to unsubscribe. They finally have slacked off today. But for the past week, and I kid you not, this is not an exaggeration, I have been getting one email an hour from Trump or his surrogates, meaning uh, the chairman of the RNC, the Republican National Committee, from Pence, from Trump's kids, 
It is the biggest email bombardment I have ever seen in my life. Mm. So it is certainly re making me rethink how I would ever do an email campaign. Just saturate them. Just keep it going and make it so you can't unsubscribe, which I think is illegal, but that never stopped Trump. But the remarkable thing here, see that Biden, 290 votes, when Georgia is Not called yet. for Biden. Not yet. And what is remarkable is you have the two Republican senators from Georgia calling for the Republican secretary of state there, the man who runs the elections, to resign. And the secretary of state is going like, why? I was just doing my job. What, not enough corruption? And they can't come up with one reason. They just want him to resign because they are in this runoff on January the 5th, which will control the Senate. But there are lots of caveats there. But, of course, as I often do, Mike, I got a little sidetracked because when the 16 Georgia votes are thrown into the mix, that will take Biden to 306. And one of the great ironies here is that is exactly the same number of electoral votes that Trump got Mm. in 2016. And you know what he called it? He called it a landslide, a blowout. So what's fascinating, they just right before we started to record this, no huge surprise, called the Alaska uh, electoral race for both the president and the Senate there. Uh, The incumbent Republican Senator Sullivan maintaining his seat, kind of another disappointment for the Democrats, what we'll get into. But it's funny because when the media, the Associated Press in specific, calls those races for Republicans, they're totally cool with that. But when they try to call them for a Democrat, it's like, oh, my gosh, fraud. Mm. Where is this fraud? We don't see it. But it's it's such a dangerous situation right now. We've even got Betfair in the UK. And to the credit, one of the sports books, I wish I remember the name, in Australia, they actually started paying their bets, I think, like a week ago. So they said, Mm. we know Biden's going to win. But Betfair, they're in England. They are not paying their bets at this time. Plus, They've got it 10 to 1 that Trump maintains his presidency. And so far in the betting market after the election, after the election, there have been 100 million pounds thrown into that mix. Wow. So it's simply remarkable that you have a market for who's going to be president in January after the election. That is how crazy it is. And it just goes to show it's the old Third Reich mentality of propaganda. You just keep repeating a lie over and over and over and over and again. Agree. And I agree. I, but I do agree. It's over and over. And that's why the impeachment, that's why the, the Russians under the table, uh, which was a, a Hillary brilliant piece of planning there. Oh, let's deflect it. Let's de- 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 deflect it to the Republicans. Oh, we'll you say know, that Donald has got Putin under his desk. And I'm going to check. Wait well, one know, second. Hang the, on. The, the, no, he's not here. Not there? No. Not there. The great the great bizarre irony of this for mm. the QAnon and all the fraud conspiracy. Oh, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy from the socialist left is... If this was going to be some kind of fraud, some kind of election shenanigans, well, the Democrats did a horrible job, did a truly, truly horrible job. They underperformed the polls. I mean, the Washington Post poll had Biden up by 17 in Wisconsin. A lot of people say that's absurd. But it was nip and tuck. And all three of those states that put Trump over in 2016 Mm. came back into the fold that is wisconsin michigan and pennsylvania but what an atrocious job if there was fraud why did mitch mcconnell win why did 
Cal Cunningham and North Carolina lose. Yeah, two points, two the, points, two points. That's all it was. Well, you know, you got a situation with this guy, Cal Cunningham, the Democrat who lost the race in North Carolina. He got involved in a sex scandal. Mm. I know you have to have an enormous, an enormous, bigger than mine, bigger than yours, even like bigger ego than either of our <laughs> egos put together. To I do believe. <laughs> no, because these people, I've, I've had a chance mm. to get to know politicians on a closer basis than I did when I was a reporter. Because when you're a reporter, you just buzz in for the event, get the sound bite, mm. leave. When you get more involved on the ground level, you're there with them and you see how this is all they do. Mm. But of course, uh, Cal Cunningham getting involved in the sex scandal, probably just enough. He lost by just under 100,000 votes after over, I think, 5 million plus cast. So probably just enough to cost him the race. Yeah. So the future of America hangs in the balance because some pretty boy guy in North Carolina uh, let his little head overrule his big head. It's just disgusting. It's just vile. If you're in a relatively conservative state, it's become more progressive. Mm. But to allow that to happen is just horrific. Mm. And you say, well, what about this 50-50? It still could go either way because we have runoffs. Mm. Every state, as you may know in the U.S., more so than other nations, are like 50 almost independent countries. Not quite like you'd have in the mm. EU, but they all have different laws. For instance, most most states, the person with the most votes wins. But in Georgia, you have to have at least 50 percent of the vote to be declared a winner in a specific race. You don't get that. Mm. You have a runoff. And mm. that's what's happening on January the 5th. And let's just say so Georgia is now where all the attention is going for the next uh, six weeks or so. But let's say hypothetically the Democrats, which managed to flip one, one Senate seat. That was all. Mm. Thanks to the debacle with Cal Cunningham in North Carolina, the situation in Iowa, where I thought Joni Ernst would lose for sure. Nope. Susan Collins reelected in Maine. There wasn't a single poll practically that came out that showed her in the lead. But let's say that here in Georgia, with both of their Senate seats on the line on this runoff, let's just say the Democrats do win both those seats, it would be 50-50 in the Senate. And you then say, Kamala, Kamala has the, uh, she has the, the, yes. the big say. But, but you have conservative Democrats there in the mix, like Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, who would then have a tremendous amount of sway. And he has already said, Joe Manchin has already said, he is not going to kick the vote out so you could just move legislative agendas with just a simple majority. Right now, it's a 60-vote threshold to move legislative issues. Of course, that was killed for judicial appointments. That's why Trump got so many through. So it would be a great thing because it would be allow judicial appointments to get through, cabinet secretaries to get through. But as far as any major changes, like changing the number of votes in the Senate required for legislation to pass, that's not going to happen. Expanding the Supreme Court, not going to happen. Mm. Medicare for all, not going to happen. These are crushing disappointments. And I think one of the key reasons you have to look at this, to the Republicans' credit, they get their people in line like uh, a spotlight. Everybody is focused on one thing. It is a spotlight. It is a simple objective that they have. The Democrats, and it's been a generational problem, 
The Democrats just have a floodlight. They have the moderate Democrats. They have the progressive Democrats. They have everybody who wants to have this kumbaya moment, and they just can't get it together. Republicans, focus. Democrats, it's like herding cats. They're all over the place. But you have this electoral college somehow, some way, has got to go because the numbers keep coming in. Right now, Biden is ahead of Trump in the popular vote, well over 5 million popular votes. And that's almost the lead in California just by itself. Almost a two to one ratio in California votes. But it looks like this lead could go to about 7 million votes by the time it's all counted because the returns coming in very slowly from California, but with the exception of a couple of congressional races there. Um, it's like, who cares? So when it's all said and done, it could be 7 million vote margin for Biden, which is almost double what we had for uh, Hillary Clinton. But you had this shock of Republicans actually picking up a few seats in the House of Representatives. The Democrats will still control. They have at least the 218 seats necessary out of the 435 in the House. But as far as any pickup that was hypothesized, that didn't happen. Nancy Pelosi, though, is uh, staying the Speaker of the House. So it's a real purgatory i mm. think you know it's it's not the worst case scenario perhaps unless somehow you have the situation with trump now where he's moving all his cronies into civilian control of the department of defense we have now less than 10 weeks to go why all these moves you have bill barr allowing his uh, agents allowing his folks the department of justice attorneys to investigate perceived election fraud so what did the uh, chief of the Election Integrity Bureau at the Department of Justice have to do when he heard about this memo and he read it? He says, I can't deal with this. I'm out of here. So he's gone. This is the guy who ran the Election Integrity Unit mm. at the Department of Justice for over 10 years. So we're still on a razor's edge here in the United States. And then even if Biden does get in with this endless, endless, endless propaganda that we're seeing from the Republicans, the question is, can Biden unite the nation? It's a hellacious job. And by the time he gets sworn in, I think he'll be 78. So you've got Mitch McConnell, who's 78. I think Nancy Pelosi, I think she's 78, too. No, she's 80. I think she's 80. Check it. You'll have to check it. We'll she's a young 80. Here. Doesn't look How a day over 79. Nancy Pelosi. But the three most important people in the government are pushing, if they're not there, they're pushing 80 years old. So it's hope for us, yeah. <laughs> there is. Do you, do you think this was a, uh, just, you know, take away your preferences towards the, mm -hmm. the other side. Um, yeah. Do you think it was a, uh, this is more of a, uh, we don't like President Trump, we must get rid of him election, more than a Biden-Harris platform? Uh, probably a lot of the vote was just anybody. I vote for my dog over Trump. But it's scary. It's scary because you have over 70 million people. You look at the chaos that we have in the United States. It's mm. almost enough to make you want to cry. Uh, <laughs> evil the dog barking about it. She's so upset. But today, today in the United States, Mike, as we record this, New York Times just reported over 144,000 thousand covid cases today today mike mm. i mean and this is almost being pushed into the background so uh, you so you had all the corruption you had an impeached president you have 
a hundred we could go to 200,000 cases a day by the end of the year of mm-hmm. COVID. And yet more than 70 million Americans said, that's OK, bring this on. I think a lot of it has to do it, it's, you know, they, they say racial issues important. I think more so you know, the folks in India certainly know about this. It's not race so much as it is money, because you did see Hispanic support for Trump increase. Black support for Trump, even LGBT support increase. So people more worried about their pocketbooks than they are worried about the rest of the community and the rest of society. And you still have the tremendous support from the non-college educated whites for Trump. And I think you still have that that lingering issue there of those non-college educated whites, which I largely am. I do have some college, but I started working when I was 16 years old. But you have those folks saying everybody's gaining on us everybody's coming up but if we vote for trump he'll still keep us from falling completely behind and a fascinating sidebar to this election too this year for the first time in american history african americans were not the second largest voting block in the election this time around that goes to Hispanics, which is a real telltale demographic sign that we're going to see progressing as we go forward. And one of the reasons is, I mean, I can tell just by looking around my neighborhood here in East Las Vegas, still fabulous East Las Vegas, Nevada, that Hispanics, they like to do the wild thing because they have a lot of kids, a lot more kids. So the Hispanic population will continue to uh, keep growing mm-hmm. as we go forward. And there's really no way forward for the white majority to continue rule unless the Republicans put in the host of nefarious means, which they're doing everything they can to put in place. Now, I have to ask one more thing on a different topic. Sure. Um, neighborhoods in Mexico. <laughs> I sent you some house listings. They look I'm great. staying put for now because if Trump had won, I'd be, we'd be uh, seriously making plans, be down there checking with the realtor. Because in, the uh, Baja California, sir. But I looked at those at the, those houses, and there was no no room for the ducks, the dogs, the rabbits. What else do you have? Giraffes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, giraffe. Hey, speaking of dogs, there you go. Ah, oh, beautiful. They, hey, hey, they're evil. Hey, they're evil. evil. <laughs> it, look, she's got a duck feather on her nose. Oh, delicious, delicious. On her nose, a duck you know, orange. Kirk Clyde from Las Vegas. Always nice to see you alive. And uh, we'll do this again next week. It should be fun, Mike. Be be good, or as good as you can be. And that's it for Asia Pacific Today, Thursday, November the 12th, 2020. I'm Mike Ryan.